0: To me, the American dream is I have the opportunity and I continue to rise every single day with intention and purpose so that I can evolve into the best version of myself that I can possibly be, right? I can't be anybody else. Um, I have my own unique gifts and, and it's a constant evolutionary process. Ultimately, me becoming the best version of myself so that I can make an impact in other people's lives and we do it all together so i'm all about togetherness man my family bringing them all together extended family my online family and so that's what the american dream looks like for me you know is just rising evolving and making an impact together with other human beings all across
1: america and hopefully around the world this is episode number 170 with glenn lundy You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have another incredible show for you here today. In 2005, today's guest was actually homeless and suicidal. He had lost custody of his only child, destroyed relationships, and allowed a very successful career to fall by the wayside. But today, he is among the country's most sought-after GMs in the the auto industry. He is a proud husband and father to seven children with an eighth on the way. Glenn Lundy is the creator of the Rise and Grind morning show that has grown into a major brand, and he is an expert in both dealership cultural development and leadership training. Glenn has been featured in People Magazine, as well as a number of other major networks. And in this episode of the American Simpest podcast, Glenn shares his personal and professional Professional experiences and talks about how he's leveraged the most painful moments of his past to become major assets in his work today. So, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Glenn Lundy. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast.
2: Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. Very honored and excited to be here today with Glenn Mundy. And we are going to make this an interview that you definitely want to dial in, turn up the volume on because Glenn has so much to offer that is so relevant for All of us here in this country uh, who are struggling to get past all the turmoil and chaos in the world, just focus on ourselves, our own path, and what we can do in our lives and our families and our communities, exactly exemplifies all of that. Glenn has an incredible story we're going to break down into little snippets and then carry on the lessons of where he is today and all the things that we can all learn from him. Glenn, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Oh, Barb, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here.
2: Yeah. So let's get into it, man. 15 years ago, from where you are now, I mean, you've been on the cover of national magazines, you hobnob and, and your colleagues with some of the most successful, influential people in the company. You've built a major business for yourself more than once. You are impacting thousands of people across the country in particular, but I'm sure outside the country as well. All from a guy who 15 years ago you were homeless, you were rock bottom, down into the depths, beyond where a lot of people go and don't manage to get up to, and you managed to pull it together and come back in a big way. And let's get it. Let's talk a little bit about where you are now, and then we're going to backpedal.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, right now I'm having a lot of fun is it's, it's where it is now. Yeah. Um, it's really, really cool. Uh, I I have a morning show called Hashtag Rise and Grind, and we've been doing that for uh, since January of 2018. So I guess we're going on three years now, 761 episodes of the show, uh, and really creating a brand around changing the way people start their day. And in pouring into that, it's opened up a ton of doors and connections and relationships and really given us an opportunity to to people in a unique and impactful way.
2: Yeah. And, and I have caught a few episodes of that show and literally it's, it's the energy that you bring forth, you know, five 30 in the morning, a lot of people can be just like struggling to be conscious, you know, but you're there <laughs> like, like it's practically noon and like let's go people, you know, <laughs> and the positivity <laughs> right. um, and you've done, I mean, outside of that show, you have a platform where you bring that energy and those lessons, those life lessons you've learned, you go out and you speak to people live, you have books, you have products to help people do all that. So you've really created a brand, but a a brand that adds value. It's not, it's not just a swag band. It's a a brand, you know, Uh, everything you create has a purpose behind it and a, a meaning that people can take and carry into their own lives, which is Really cool. Let's talk about how you started that, that hashtag rise and grind show. Did you just get up one day and say, Hey, I'm going to go live on Facebook. Like, I mean, did you? (laughs) how did you, you know, because a lot of people are like, I want to get started. I don't know how to get started. They get discouraged. They go on live. They have, you know, 10, 12, 40 episodes and six people watching. They're like, ah, I can't do this. Right. Yeah, but, so, talk about how you that very first day where you decided, hey, I'm just gonna let's just do this,
0: well, Barb, there is an ancient Chinese proverb, and this proverb says it is better to light a candle than to curse at the darkness, right? And that proverb really speaks to where I was at. So, In, in January of 2018, I was kind of cursing at the darkness, like, man, social media is so negative. There's so much violence. There's so much division. There's, there's all of these things. And it kind of hit me like, don't complain about it. Let's do something about it. Right? No, we can't change the world. We can't completely change social media, but we could create a space where people could come and they don't have to deal with any of that. Right? Just a safe environment. And so I wanted to, to put hashtag rise and grind out into the world for motivation, education, and inspiration. And that's what our show is every single day, motivation, education, inspiration. You'll never really get any, anything outside of that, right? It's a, it's a safe place that you can come. And we positioned it strategically first thing in the morning because that's obviously the most influential time. That's when the brain is sparking, consuming information, so on and so forth. And in my experiences, business wise and personally, you know, a strong, powerful morning routine is really the foundation that people need to set in order to be successful in all other aspects and areas of their lives. And so by by that was kind of the thought process like, all right, let's be about it. Let's create a space. Let's do it first thing in the morning so that we can help change the way people start their day. And and that was the motive really behind it there was some marketing aspects too cuz i was running a dealership at the same time and so i was like well this would be a great place to kind of plug the dealership every day as well and so we blended those three things and what happened barb was really interesting we started attracting like people it started growing very fast and they started like telling us they wanted more like okay great this is a show we want to be a part of a group. So we created a private group on Facebook and that blew up. And then they were like, okay, we need like t-shirts. Like we want uniforms that say we choose to rise and grind. Right. And so we started doing t-shirts and that expanded to a full on clothing line to where now we have polos and hoodies and coffee and, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, then people were like, we need a place to, 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 to do these morning routines, these solid, you know, uh, morning routine steps. And so we created a planner and then people wanted events. So we started doing live events and pulling people together. And then I realized about halfway through, I'm like, this isn't just a show or a brand even this is like, kind of, it's kind of a church. Like it's a bunch of people that are coming together that want to make an impact. So then we started raising, Funds and doing charitable events and and serving homeless people and battling human sex trafficking and like all of these things that just spawned from lighting a candle versus cursing the darkness, you know, and so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of was the thought process initially, and then I've just allowed it to flow kind of like a river. It bends this way sometimes and the other way. And just ultimately listening to the audience and finding out how do I best serve them to help continue to change the way they start their day.
2: Everything you just said resonates so deeply with me. It's almost exactly like you're describing everything that we're working on as well. But you managed to do this in a way that we have not most Specifically, you've managed, and we don't have to go deep into this like we were just talking about, but we got pulled into the political realm with the environment. You have managed to keep politics out of what you do, and you have managed to be that place where people from all walks of life, all beliefs, all views, all things come together. And I haven't even seen it come up uh, on your platforms. And and I dove in there, Right. And I'm like, surely somebody has to, like, how, how do you do that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I have a lot of help. So we, we do have, um, we now have 48 volunteer uh, moderators in our, in our group that keep it clean um, of all of those things. So we just really stuck to our core values motivation, education, inspiration. If it doesn't fall in line with that, yeah. we believe that there is a place for that other stuff. Like there's there's totally a place for it, just not here in right. our little safe bubble. And so by sticking to that from the very top, as far as, as you know, our leadership team all sticks to that and believes in that and really indoctrinating our listeners and our followers and our family you know, just letting them know we're not going to, we're just, we love you, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to go down that road, no matter how badly we might want to, Right. we just refuse to do it. And so over time, we've been able to build an army of believers that, you know, believe in our cause and they'll literally do anything to protect it. It's it's pretty neat behind the scenes. I'll get messages. We'll be like, this person over here is posting this. Do you want us to boot them or what do you want to do? I'm like, well, okay, hold on. Don't boot them. Just let them know that, Hey, this is, this is how we roll over here in this, in, in our little piece of the world. And, uh, and, and, and and we've, it's been really blessed that we've been able to, to keep it pretty pure.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Does that mean then outside of this on other platforms or on your personal pages and, gatherings do you are you conscious then like oh i i can't comment on this person's page that i like because somebody's going to see me like i mean do you walk that line do you keep everything you do in that is visible separate from from what you're thinking inside in in terms of that area
0: Yeah, uh, I slip up every now and again, you know, every every once in a while, I'll, (laughs) I'll see something that strikes a little bit of nerve. And maybe I'll go say something that I'll regret it later. I'm like, ah, you should have just kept it to yourself. Um, You know, the uh, uh, there's a book that I'm reading right now called conscious leadership. And it's, it's written by uh, the guy who founded, you know, the Whole Foods. And one of the things that he talks about is, in order to really establish a brand with integrity, you have to evolve as a human and be very conscious that that you are walking what you're talking, right? You gotta walk the walk all of the time. And so I still am working on that. But yeah, with our posts and everything that we do on social and our engagements with other people. You know, it's important to us that we are very inclusive. We do not want to add to any type of division whatsoever. Uh, we want people to come as they are. We love Republicans. We love Democrats. We love Black people and white people and young people and old people and believers and non-believers. Uh, we are a place where we, we, we try to bring all types of people together because we truly believe that there's beauty in the blended Um, I am not interested in surrounding myself with people that only agree with me. I don't feel like there's growth in that. And so, yeah, you got to walk it all the time. Even when I sometimes I just want to scream out, but I don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So like everything you do and anything that I've seen on you. And again, I did uh, spend quite a bit of time going through all your stuff. You always have this smile and this energy and all that as if life just could not get any better. Um, and so if somebody is not going to go beyond the surface of your of who you are and where you are now, you've built these massively successful companies, you've led other companies into massive success before you moved on. And you're really sort of, you know, among the top of your game. I'm sure, I don't want to say the top of your game because I feel like there's always higher to go, you know, like more to do. But you know what I'm saying? Like at the top, you have a beautiful family. Everything's great for you. But there was a time where that wasn't the case. So let's go back a little bit because your story—it's not—it's not so much inspirational, impressive because of everything that you went through, or or even that you managed to pull yourself out of it. It's how you've used what you've gone through to now help others. That for me is where the the magic is, right? Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit and give people a little bit of a background who may not be familiar with your story, um, where you started, like what you went through before you got into this path where were you when you were 11 years old
0: (laughs) when i was 11 years old which was a long time ago
2: um
0: (laughs) you know i grew up in in a pretty interesting situation my dad is um my dad's black my mom is white and we grew up in flagstaff arizona Uh, We never went without, but we never had any surplus. Right. You know, just kind of like a lower middle class, uh, you know, type family. My dad was a factory worker. My mom worked at a medical facility um, doing, you know, medical billing and records and and those types of things. And so. They got divorced when I was 11, and what made it really unique is my dad remarried an African-American woman, my mom remarried a white guy, and then they moved in two apartments apart in Greenlaw Garden Apartments on 7th Avenue in Flagstaff. And so my dad and his new wife and her four kids were in apartment 30, me, my sister, and my mom were in apartment 28. And Barb, I'm telling you, every stereotype that you could think of existed between these two houses. Dad's house was gospel music and Motown and sports and television in every room and collard greens and fried chicken and Kool-Aid. And mom's house was like country music and rock and roll. And, um, you know, they hung out in the bowling alley and like oh it was God. just this complete difference. You know, I'd see mom sitting on the couch, reading a book, you know, eating uh, liver and llama beans, the craziest things. So that's what, that was her diet for years. It was crazy. Right. And so I just grew up in these two different cultures. Yeah. And back then it was very difficult and challenging for me. Um, now I'm so thankful because it allows me to see, I can easily identify with people in different situations. I'm very thankful for that. But back then, you know, here I am going through puberty and hormones and uh, school, and I'm trying to figure out who I am and where I fit. Um, And my skin was too dark to be considered white. It was too light to be considered black. And so I was able, I was kind of like a chameleon, you know, whatever, whoever I was around, I could jive with that crowd. Um, And I had a lot of surface relationships, but nothing, no real deep connection, because I just was, I was just kind of lost. And so that led me to hanging out with the wrong people, making poor decisions, getting into a lot of trouble. Um, You know, things like that was kind of how I spent my teen years hanging out in pool halls till three in the morning and, you know, chasing girls and doing all that fun stuff. Right. And so fast forward just a little bit into early adulthood. Uh, I got into the world of auto sales at 20 after having my first daughter. So I had met a girl in college. We didn't know each other very long. She gets pregnant. Uh, I have a baby. I'm like, okay. So I drop out of college. I go into the workforce and I started in phone sales and then landed in the automotive world and had a lot of success in the world of automotive. I was a great salesperson. I got promoted into leadership positions rather quickly, uh, moved through the ranks. And so from 20 to 27 um, or late 26, you know, I spent that time in the automotive world with my career going great, but I was living what I call a 2D life. So mind- and body if it looked good and it felt good the answer was yes all the time <laughs> no matter what i never thought of any consequences i never felt any responsibility to anyone outside of myself i was very darwinistic survival of the fittest type deal um if i could get one over on you you know i would and and that's where i lived my life and so things at work as far as financially and so on and so forth those things were going up but my life outside of work was terrible. It was continuing to go down uh, a lot of bad habits, drinking and drugging. And uh, I paid zero attention to I shouldn't say zero attention. I did not make my daughter a priority in my life. And when she was six years old, her mom took full custody of her and I wasn't able to see her anymore. So when I lost custody of my daughter, that was kind of like um, like I blamed everybody for everything, Barb. It was everybody else's fault. It was the dealership's fault, my manager's fault, her mom's fault. It was everybody's fault. And so I packed up everything I owned and I ran away from Flagstaff. I uh, had this great, brilliant idea. I was going to go play poker for a living. I was going to be a professional gambler, right? That's what I, I thought would be a great idea. And so I ran off to Vegas for a few weeks, went broke out in Vegas, made my way to California, burned as many bridges as I could along the way. And fast forward, we reached that point that you mentioned at the beginning of the story where uh, I ended up homeless on the beaches of San Diego, California. And so homelessness, you know, people think the worst part of homelessness is you don't have a home, you don't have money you know, so on and so forth. But really the worst part of homelessness is over time you start to become invisible. People won't make eye contact with you. Nobody says your name. Like it's it's really an awful feeling that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And so homelessness led me to hopelessness. Hopelessness led me to deep depression and a deep depression led me to suicidal thoughts which ultimately led me to an attempt on my own life. I tried to drown myself in the Pacific Ocean. And clearly I failed at that. (laughs) Otherwise, this would be a really weird interview. It would
2: be. (laughs) Very powerful. (laughs) I'd have more power than I knew, but yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And (laughs) so um, through that experience, I realized something. I had, you know, call it a... An awakening, or a God moment, or a, you know, conscious kicked in. Whatever you want, but what resounded in my mind immediately after that was, I had this realization that no matter what city I was in, or what people I was around, or no matter what situation that I had blamed on everyone else in my life, there was only one thing that was constant, and that was that me. Like I was the only constant in every negative thing in my life. And so that realization for me led me to start thinking, okay, well, wait a minute. If I am the catalyst of all things negative, then it would suffice to say that I should be able to be the catalyst of all things positive. And that shift led me on this journey. And I wish to say, you know, I wish I could say, I just snapped and everything was perfect. After that, it's not how how it works. I'm pretty stubborn, right? So two (laughs) steps forward, one step back. But it sent me on a journey of understanding self. I was like, okay, well, if I'm the catalyst then I need to get to know myself better. And as I learned more about self, I learned that we are three part, mind, body, and spirit. And that spiritual element for me, a spiritual understanding that we are connected universally, that there's something bigger, that we have responsibilities as well as the abilities to to create a powerful and impactful life. As I started to understand that more, I started to live what I call now my 3D life. So now my decisions were made on mind, body, and spirit. If it looked good, felt good, and spiritually made sense as far as my responsibilities and abilities, then the answer was yes. And adding that third dynamic really has led me to the path, you know, to ultimately where I am today.
2: Yeah. It's like, wherever you go, there you are kind of thing, right? right? It doesn't matter. And, um, so if you think, let me ask you this, if, if somebody had come to you six months or a year before, when you were in the midst of that homeless period down and, and in the dumps, if somebody had come to you and, and told you that, if somebody had said, Hey, Glenn, listen, You know what the common denominator is? You. You just got to change your mindset. Stop projecting negativity and then positivity will cut. If somebody had just told you that when you were in the middle of it, do you think that would have, you would have been, had that same like, oh yeah, okay, I have to change myself. Like, thank you for explaining that to me. We know, would that have been (laughs) (laughs) the same like aha moment Mm -hmm. or do you have to like really feel it yourself?
0: Well, regretfully, most of us we have to have the like you know these rock bottom moments right. um to really wake <clears throat> us up especially when we're young in our 20s we think we know everything right uh so i wish that there was someone who i respected and admired that could connect with me on a relational level i wish i would have had that person earlier that maybe could have helped you know, wipe the mud away from my eyes, uh, to, to help me see, but whether or not I would have responded to that, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty, uh, I thought I was pretty stinking cool in my early twenties.
2: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And you know, I obviously asked that pretty much knowing what you're going to say to that, but I asked for a reason because a lot of people will come to me and ask me the same thing. Like, how did you, how did you know? Like, how did you do this? Or look, I have someone who is, and and I had this experience, someone in my life who was an addict. And no matter how much, when you want to help somebody so deeply and you feel like you're doing your best to say to them, Hey, this is what you have to do. Sometimes it could be frustrating to someone trying to help another when that person doesn't receive that guidance or advice very well. And then, that one person can just give up trying to help. So uh, yeah. it's just good to get that perspective of it's not you trying to help that's the problem like you can't really truly help somebody until they're open to being helped and they want to change and for everybody, you had to go through a lot more levels you know than you would have liked to go through no til you till you got to that moment. but when you look back on that moment now, do you see it as, do you see it as like a, like a blessing or a curse kind of moment when you got yourself out of the water and were laying on the beach, like processing everything that, that had just occurred? Yeah.
0: It's, it's, yeah. um, it's definitely a gift. My entire journey has been an incredible gift because it does allow me to see and understand, right? Like I can understand what deep depression feels like. I can understand when you reach a point where you feel like if you take your own life, it is actually a benefit to society. Like, I had convinced myself my mom would be better off without me, my daughter, like, because I just hurt so many people, you know? So I can identify with that. I can identify with people who feel lonely or invisible. I can identify with the drug addict. I can identify with people who have been in and out of jail. I can identify with poverty. I can identify with all of those things thanks to that journey. And so now it's truly a gift, you know, when 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 somebody shares a story with me, normally I can say I understand yeah. and like mean <laughs> yeah. it.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, "Look, I know you can't understand. You're like, try me." Right, (laughs) bring it. Yeah, (laughs)
0: there's very few things you know that I can't necessarily identify with, and so that has really positioned me, you know, today to be able to create things like rise, rise and grind, and have success in business and so on and so forth. Because I I can step into other people's shoes rather quickly, and that creates a unique trust and bond uh, Mm -hmm. that you can't. I could. I wouldn't have been able to get without that.
2: Yeah, you're genuinely peer counseling people, like not just, and there is, it's not like people can't help you if they haven't gone through something similar to what you've gone through, you know, they like, all have value, but there is something to be said about when you're in the midst of something, you want to look at somebody who's been there and see the other side. So you're the other side for people in so many walks of life and you're, you're evidence that it can be done. And when you're yeah. doubting everything, people, you need evidence, you know, and you provide That testimony and that evidence, you're like that tangible, oh my gosh, wait, yes, he did do it. Like it is possible. So once you meet you, someone meets you or talks to you, they can't really be, they can't tell that lie anymore that it's not possible to get through what they're going through because you're the truth, you know? So that's a pretty cool thing, uh, position to be in, but not just that you're in it, but that you choose to step into it. You could go forward and just say, well, look, I got my own stuff together. I got my own life. I have a lot of kids. I have a big family. I got my own stuff to take care <laughs> of, right? I'm not going to worry about taking care of everybody else, but you do it all. And I want to talk about that because you do have a large family. I come from, I have six brothers and sisters, so nice. I know that large family, um, vibe, you know that's awesome. And uh, and I have four boys of my own, which I used to think was a big family. You know, <laughs> I mean big to big to birth and raise, you know, but and yes. I am like, so how do you do that? You know, you talk about getting up in the morning, you have to have that routine. You have to set yourself up in the morning. How do you do that with seven kids and you have an eighth on the way, right?
0: I do. Yes. yes.
2: Congratulations. Yes. Do people stop saying congratulations to you after a while? Like like,
0: yeah, now, that, like now they're birth? like, you know how that happens, right? Yeah. That's what they tell me all the time. Oh, you yeah. know how that happens, right? I'm like, no, this no, little- <laughs>
2: no I, I don't. But you know, it's like they feel like, okay, well, you don't need to celebrate this baby because you've had so many. But like, yes, I want to celebrate this. I haven't had this baby before. Like, I'm celebrating right. this baby, right. right? Yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, but so how do you just... When you say you have to get up, you have to have structure in the morning. I was a single mom raising all my kids after my husband was killed. So there was no structure. I wasn't able to say, oh, at 530, I'm going to be doing this. And at six, I'm going to be doing that, you know, because there is just no ability. So how do you do that with all of those children? How do you manage to still structure things where you get to have that routine? Like, what When a parent comes to you and says that, Glenn, I have all these kids. I can't structure my morning, hmm. you know.
0: So, so now I wake up at three twenty a.m. That's, there you uh, go. <laughs> that's uh, that, that 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 would be my 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 <laughs> answer to that. There there is time that those kids are asleep. Now you might not want to tap into your uh, <laughs> your precious sleep, which I get it, but it's so important, you know, Barb. I um, there's this. I, th- I think what a lot of people maybe miss or or especially I see it in, in mothers, right. These nurturing mothers that want to serve and want to give. And, and they almost, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought I turned that off.
2: No, you ruined almost, everything. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. Got it. They, um, they almost like feel guilty. If they take time to self for self or create space for their, for themselves. And so I share this story um, often, because to me, it really paints the picture. So you've heard, like, you've heard the story of the three little pigs, right?
2: Yes, I have.
0: Yeah, right. So you've got the three little pigs, and you've got the first little pig that, you know, is, um, he's, he's, he just wants to, like, have fun, right? He doesn't want to put in a whole lot of work or effort or energy in building anything for himself. And so he just builds his house out of straw, like, real quick, puts it together, moves on, Right then you have the second little pig, which the second little pig puts in a little more energy, a little more effort. He's got one foot in there, one foot out. He takes some time, nails together a couple boards, builds the place, and then he goes out and does whatever he's got to do, right? Then you've got the third little pig that takes the time. Now, if you think about it, this third little pig built his house out of stone and brick, right? Like solid. So he had to learn how to do the grout lines and how to mix the cement and how to lay each brick perfectly. Like he had to do a lot of of, of time and study and preparation to be able to build this house. You don't just put together a brick house, right? You got to learn in order to do that. Now, once they built these houses, here comes the big bad wolf. And the big bad wolf goes to the the first house and he knocks on the door and he says, "Let me in, or I'll blow your house down." Right? And so he huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. And the little piggy goes running off, right? Because he's freaked out; he's no longer safe. And then he goes to the the second house, which is made as wood. He knocks on the door, and says, "I'm going to huff and I'm puff. I'm gonna blow the house down." He does so, blows it down. Second little pig goes running off. Now, when he gets to this third house, it was made out of brick, this solid foundation, right? A lot of people miss one really crucial aspect of this story. So the wolf goes to the door, he knocks, he says, let me in or a huff and I'll puff and I'll blow the door in. Not only can he not blow the door in, but if you look at this story, the two other little pigs that were in the straw house and the wood house, they're in the house with their brother in the brick house, now safe from the storms. And so our minds are the same way. A powerful morning routine is your brick house. It's building that foundation, not for you. It's not for you. It's so that you can protect your loved ones when those storms come. And so I try to share with people like, yeah, you might need to sacrifice a little sleep. Maybe you got to rearrange things around. Maybe you need to bring in or 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 a relative or a loved one or hire someone. I don't like It's so crucially important that you build and develop yourself foundationally first thing in the morning because the storms are coming. We know they're coming. They're going to come blowing through. And and, and there are people that are relying on you to be solid foundation because they're not going to do it. They're not going to put in the work. They're going to build their houses from straw and from wood and all of those different things. So they're counting on you to put in the work. Find the time. For me, I have to get up at 320 in the morning to make sure that I have an hour every single day of mind, body, and spiritual development before the world comes at me. Cause once everybody wakes up, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild, game wild, on. Wild. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I am familiar yes. with that. Um, but you see, that's the exact example of what I'm talking about. Somebody say, well, I can't do this because I have all these kids. And here comes Glenn the truth saying, just get up earlier. like. But people don't want to hear that. Like they, It doesn't occur to somebody like, oh, hey, I could just forego sleep or go to bed earlier or get six hours of sleep instead of 10 hours of sleep or four, whatever it is. Like that just a lot of people like that, that possibility is doesn't even exist. It's not a possibility until you say it to them. They're like, whoa, you know, (laughs) you do that? Like that? Yes. You know? And so that's why what you do and the way you do it with that energy and that message and that force to back it up, is really so impactful because you say it and you, you present it in such a way that you're not like chastising people. You're like, Hey, you know, this is just you want to do it so you know you're you lead people to the information and the resources and then it's upon them to choose whether to accept that or not and once someone makes that choice that's way more powerful than saying hey you don't love yourself if you don't do that you know like you're you're flipping the message to what's largely out there um, and you're proving that it doesn't have to be about like forceful like strong chastisement sort of to get somebody to goad people in into doing the things that they need to do for themselves. So that's pretty cool. You you have said, I think it's on your website that your kids are some of the most powerful teachers you've had mm. in life. And I love that. I feel the same way, but I'd love to know an example from you. Um, we all have them. I'd love to hear yours. What is one moment in your life where one of your kids, you had that moment where you just realized that, oh my gosh, my child just taught me something so valuable that's gonna get me through either today or life or whatever. But like what is one of those
0: oh my instances? Gosh, they teach me every yeah. single day. Uh they teach me something. Um you know the way they the way they dance like no one's watching even when people are watching yeah. is is <laughs> is phenomenal. They're 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 so free. Their minds are completely Un un unboxed, right? They're completely unboxed. My son Joel is, um, he's a worker, right? Like he is relentless. When he was, uh, I guess he was five at this point, four or five. We put up a basketball goal in the in the in the driveway, had it on the lowest setting there, and it was 42 degrees outside. And my son grabs his basketball and he's doing everything in his power to try to make a basket. Right. And he can't even hit the net. Like he can't get the ball up to the net, but he tries and he tries and he tries and he tries. And after about 20 minutes, I'm, I'm cold. I'm like, son, I'm going inside. You want to stay out here? He's like, yeah. He stayed out there for two and a half hours Wow. in 42 degree temperature. Couldn't even hit the net when he started and he made a basket and when he made that basket he grabbed the basketball he put it in the garage and he went and he went into the house to warm up right <laughs> but it was just incredible how even though he was nowhere near the goal when he started and the elements were against him right he was not he could not have been comfortable out there he was so laser focused on the result that nothing else mattered nothing was going to persuade him to to do anything other than achieve the goal. And so, and he's still like that now. He's eight years old now. He's, he always starts every sport as one of the worst kids on the team because he's not like just naturally gifted. But by the end of the season, he he gets the MVP trophy Aww. every single sport because he just outworks everybody around him until he, until he wins, right? He doesn't quit till he wins. And so I learned from him, you know all the time. He really 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 inspires me and they all inspire me in different ways. You know, Savannah's very in- inventive, my 11-year-old, she's always coming up with solutions uh outside of the box. You know, my 6-year-old is just this relentlessly intelligent. She doesn't like accept the word no. Why? 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 Why dad? Why dad? <laughs> Why, dad? Why dad? Why until finally I'm like, "Yes, you can have the whole <laughs> box of candy." I don't care Whenever anymore. You
2: <laughs> Yes. Make, me <laughs> make it stop yes i get it. you know
0: so yeah. yeah so i i learned from them they're all beautiful and brilliant it's such a gift um but that would be one like really standout yeah. memorable thing is my son out there in those temps just getting it done
2: yeah i love those moments so they sort of make it all everything else just melts away and you're like yeah when people say why do you have so many kids you're like come to my driveway when it's 42 degrees out and I'm gonna show you like why That's you should right. be having more kids. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> look, in this country today, there is a lot of chaos and strife and a lot of people feeling hopeless, like the outcome of whatever is happening is going to determine their level of success or their measurement of happiness. Like every there's a lot of people that we come across that message us, that know us, or even people who we're um, holding off on to get involved with the events that we're doing, who are all like, I can't make a decision until I see how this all plays out. That's a very uh, repeated line or sentiment Mm -hmm. that we're feeling. But you have a different approach to it all. um, And you are sort of, again, exemplifying the attitude that the outcome of all these other things doesn't have to determine outcome of ourselves. Can you get into that a little bit like how are you how are you being impacted one way or another by what is going on now? Is it determining your your next moves or are you just plowing right through?
0: So there's there's been a few stages with this um you know with the pandemic and the events that happened kind of around it, you know. Obviously when it first kind of hit, it was like oh my gosh, I have to you know like what is going on we got to protect the family we got to go to the grocery store we got to load up on the on the food and the goods yeah. <laughs> you know all that's there i'm getting messages i i know you know i got a couple um friends that are they're billionaires man and they're sending me emails like bro you need to do this and that and lock it down right like i was totally indoctrinated into in the, yeah. the world right? you know and that lasted about 3 weeks until one night where i found myself like wanting to crawl into my closet in the fetal position and put my thumb in my mouth because it was just like holy crap and then i reminded myself like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute man it's our mind is the matrix right our what we constantly put in our minds is going to ultimately drive our results The reason everything I'm watching on the news is making me want to go into the fetal position in my closet. Therefore I have to remove the news. I just Mm -hmm. have to stop. It's not serving me properly. It's not moving me forward. And so once we did that, I mean, we did for three weeks, we watched the governor's report every day at five o'clock, you know, and we had never had news in my house before that. I don't know what we were thinking, but we had it on. (laughs) And it was shifting the overall attitude of our entire home. And so we turned it off. And once we turned it off, it's crazy how quick it went away, Barb. It was really, really interesting. So I just started increasing my outputs. I was like, okay, if this is what's going on in the world and it may get challenging and it may get difficult in different ways economically, well, what's the best what's what's the best way to get result? Well just increase your output, right? Like if I work harder, and go at it more and create more content and make more relationships, then by default, it's going to create more opportunities. That's just how things work. So while other people were retracting, we just stepped on the gas, like leaned into it. I had current clients, I gave them more. They were happy with me before, I made sure they were extra happy with me mm-hmm. now, right? We started creating. Uh, different platforms and coachings and programs and and ways to serve and using different zooms and expanding our reach and like just really going all in. Step on the gas. Step on the gas. Step on the gas. This has been the mindset for the last you know eight and a half months after we kind of freaked out there in the beginning. And the result of that is our company has grown massively over the last year and. What I find really interesting is us as humans, we don't know what we don't know. We can't see what's next until we achieve where we're at, like maximize where we're at. And so by doing that, it opened more doors and opportunities to shift and pivot. And so though I feel horrible for those that are losing loved ones during this season, I can't help but identify that there's such a silver lining as far as opportunity. Like we have been forced to evolve so fast. Yes. So fast, right? (laughs) Nobody wanted to change certain things, especially in the automotive world. Gosh, we were so slow moving in the automotive world and and just forced to evolve. And and that evolution has created opportunities that never existed before before. And so it's almost like going back to when I was a kid, you know, it was, it was so challenging, but I'm so thankful for it, for that journey in that season. And that's kind of what we're stepping into now. And so, you know, I just suggest for people, if you're on the edge of like, I can't make a decision or I can't make a move, I would suggest turning off the TV, get, stop indoctrinating your mind with what's going on on the outside focus on where you are presently and step on the gas like make decisions expand go because you can't win the game playing defense it just doesn't it just doesn't work you got to put some points on the board
2: love it all right what would be um as we're winding this down let me just ask you a little bonus question for our own group what would be, um, say, three or more, however many steps that that you teach your people, if they're going to get your planner, if they're going to listen to your course, what are a few of the tips you have for people to set themselves up to start that morning off in a, in a strong way?
0: Yeah. So I believe, um, you know, your morning routine has got to attack mind, body and spirit, all three, right? And so there's five simple steps. I wrote a little ebook about this that people can download for free at themorningfive.com. And it is five simple steps to an extraordinary life. And the five simple steps, I'll just kind of, I'll give you those. It goes into more in depth with my book and so on and so forth. But step one is never hit the snooze button. There's a lot of science and reasoning behind that. Step two is do not touch your phone first thing in the morning. Um, There's nothing in there that can't wait. I promise. And some people are like, well, what if somebody died? I'm like, they're not going to mind. (laughs) If you find out an hour later, it's okay. It's going to be all right. So don't touch your phone first thing in the morning. Step three is gratitude and goals. Write down the things that you're thankful for and write down your goals moving forward. And I know a lot of people are like, well, Glenn, that sounds like two steps, but I believe that's one step. Uh, We've all been told to write down our goals, but in reality, sometimes writing your goals down can actually create a negative energy, can make you feel less than, right? You're like, I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I was better looking. right? (laughs) I wish I had more money, right? And so it can actually create a negative vibration. Whereas if we start with gratitude, I'm thankful for where I live. I'm thankful for my body and my health. I'm thankful for my financial situation. Now we can stretch for more with a positive frequency versus a negative one. So I consider that one step gratitude and goals. You gotta run them side by side. Step four is we take care of the physical. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. So we gotta get the body moving, get the heart pumping, get the blood flowing. And then step five is I believe probably the most important step of the whole series. And that's where we send out an encouraging message whether it be a text message, a Facebook message, something to a spouse or to your children, just release. You've spent the entire morning working on building this solid foundation and this powerful positive frequency. Now you have a responsibility to release that out into the universe. And what's crazy is by doing that, not only does it make a positive impact on other people, but that energy ultimately comes back and serves you tenfold. So those are the five steps that I suggest people do um, in some way, shape or fashion, you know, fitting those five together every single day can lead to an extraordinary mental, mentally strong foundation. So you can weather the storms.
2: Awesome. And if people want to find you, learn more about you, connect with you, bring you into an events, all things Lundy, where can they do that?
0: Yeah, they can go to glenlundy.com, and that will connect you to everything all my social platforms and everything else that we do.
2: Awesome. And our last question I got to ask before I let you go to your, to your day and your world and your beautiful family. Um, you know, we started American snippets a few years ago when we first noticed the divisiveness, the negativity we were feeling impacting us from the news and same thing you said, well, you know, we're going to be that candle um, instead of adding to the darkness. That's why we started nice. American snippets. We realized that all these people had come into our lives to impact on us. We wanted to sp- you know, spread that forward and bring people like you to our community as well. But part of that is that we realized the American dream, which was under attack and which we were constantly being told and probably even more so now being told the American dream is a myth. It's a fallacy. It is not available to everybody, blah, blah, blah. All these reasons why we should not believe the American dream we call false. We believe it is alive and well. We just understand that that dream is different for every single person who has it. There's something unique about it to all of us. We have our own version of the American dream. So I'd like to ask you, what's your version of the American dream?
0: Mm. Uh, My version of the American dream for me personally, or for people in general, for
2: you personally, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I want to me, the American dream is I have the opportunity and I continue to rise every single day with intention and purpose so that I can evolve into the best version of myself that I can possibly be. Right? I can't be anybody else. Um, I have my own unique gifts and, and it's a constant evolutionary process. Ultimately, me becoming the best version of myself so that I can make an impact in other people's lives and we do it all together. So I'm all about togetherness man my family bringing them all together extended family my online family and so that's what the american dream looks like for me you know is just rising evolving and making an impact together with other human beings all across america and hopefully around the world
2: awesome glenn thank you so much a for everything you're doing. I've enjoyed interviewing you, uh, getting to dive into your story and learn from you as I prepared for this. I feel like I just like, got a whole new boost in my own energy and life from interviewing you. I know our community yes. will as well. So thank you very much.
0: Hey, thank you, Barb. You're a great, great, great interviewer. And I really enjoyed this.
1: All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Glenn Lundy for being here as well and sharing his story. If you got any value out of today's episode or any episode that we've done in the past, all that we ask each and every week is that you kindly rate our podcast, leave us a review. iTunes reviews are really important in helping us grow our audience. Uh, get these stories out there in front of more people, and get uh, ranked higher up in the podcast charts on iTunes. So we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review. Download the last 10 episodes. That would really help us as, as well, uh, and we would really appreciate it. If you got value out of this, leave us a review. Share this podcast with a friend. Share one of your favorite episodes on social media. Make sure you tag us uh, at Instagram or Facebook at American Snippets. Don't forget, we do a full article each and every week on every one of our guests. You can re-listen to the podcast, watch the video interview, uh, and we'll also include some social media links that you can use to follow Glenn Lundy. You can do all those things at americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. Uh, Again, we appreciate you being here today. Don't forget, we have the Great American Syndicate. This is our uh, association of patriotic, like-minded Americans just like you. Right now, you can claim a uh, Living the Dream t-shirt. It's one of our best-selling t-shirts just for checking out the syndicate, uh, and we would love to see you inside. Uh, Again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are.